0: all right welcome to another one youth devo it is jamie and patrick and we are here recording from our separate um bunkers that we set up
1: is bunker the right word pat bunker to me makes it sound like this is we're in a war it is well it is a war it's a war against uh,
0: disease right it's a war against boredom something an invisible force A war against fear, against an invisible force. So I'm currently in my garage, and uh, I have a one-car garage that has a little bit of extra area for storage, and there are uh, no cars in the garage right now, and there's just me. I think
1: you get the bunker vibe because you're in your garage. Now, I'm in my living room, um, and that has a window. So I can see outside, yeah. So I don't get a bunker vibe; I get like a fishbowl vibe because you oh, know okay. there's a lot of kids in the complex that I live in, and the window looks out at the little courtyard. So there's always people out there hanging out. So the kids are out there looking in and like, what is this guy doing with a microphone
0: with a bunch of tech equipment? Have they have they could like put their faces up against the
1: window to see what you're doing? No, not yet. They don't normally look in, but sometimes if they hear me inside, they'll try to talk to me through the window when it's open. That's cool. Got it. No, yeah, that, that is kind of cool. You
0: kind of have a a good fishbowl vibe. No, I don't have any windows in my uh, garage, but I do have an automatic window. And if I get the little clicker thing, I can, uh, I can make the entire wall go up the garage door and then I'll be out in, uh, in like a parking lot area. So That is so cool. I mean, it is. (laughs) I haven't actually done it yet, but I can. Um, Well, cool. Well, so... Patrick, today, I know that we or you had been talking about with the middle school people uh, a little bit about kind of some of the most famous Bible verses. And when I think of the most famous Bible verses, I think of things like John 3.16. I think of Genesis 1. Uh, I think of, I know you had said Jeremiah 29.11 is a really popular verse. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones that I've heard a lot of people uh, talk about a lot of people quote is the 23rd Psalm. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's not just like a verse. It's six verses and, um, it is an entire Psalm, the Psalm of David. And so today I thought it'd be cool if we talked about that. You, you good with that?
1: That sounds awesome. I, I have it open. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Why don't you read it for us? All right. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I feel like I have to say amen at the end of that reading. It seems like so poetic. Or, you know, um, the church I grew up in, every time in the service when the scripture was done being read, everyone in the congregation would say, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks
0: be to God. All right, I like it. That's cool. Hey, Pat, I forgot to pray for us, so let's let's pray right now with everyone on the uh on the podcast. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh technology where we can um kind of enter into your word and enter into this discussion. Pray, Father, that uh anyone out there who just needs some encouragement through scripture would hear this. Um not that they would necessarily just hear my voice or Patrick's voice or our thoughts or our hearts, but they would hear you. Uh, your Holy Spirit, and so we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak uh, to people out there through the twenty-third Psalm. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Cool, man. So I mean, I guess the only thing I can think of is to start at the beginning. So um, it's hard to look at this psalm and not look at um, not look at the fact that it's a psalm of David, right? So it's about the character of David, and so if we think about the life of David. He starts his whole life as a poor shepherd boy, right? Like that's like where he begins. I, maybe he's not necessarily poor, um, but he's just—he's the youngest of uh, of a bunch of brothers. He's the one who's not even considered good enough to um, to really be a, an important deal at all. I mean, he's like the runt of the litter, so to speak. Um, they do—it does say in scripture that he's—you know—he's a good-looking guy. He was strong. Um, but people weren't expecting him to be much. And then he ends up being anointed as king. Now he wasn't, once he was anointed, he didn't become king. He was still just the younger brother. It was just kind of like a spiritual deal. It was kind of weird. He goes, he kills Goliath and that's when he starts to get known. He starts, you know, doing this whole battle war thing. He ends up becoming the king of Israel and he he's like a big deal he's kind of uniting these kingdoms together um, and so David is known as this like powerful warrior and he's also known as a king uh, and then as his life goes on there's there's times of immense struggle uh, battles that that are both external like the wars he was in and battles that are internal so even people who are supposed to support him, turn their backs on him. Um, he has one of the most, I think, interesting lives in Scripture, and there's so much recorded about it. You, know, you have things recorded like his some of his greatest victories are recorded, but then also some of his uh, biggest defeats are recorded. Some of his biggest personal um, achievements are recorded, but also some of his per- biggest personal struggles are, uh, are there for everyone to see. And in the midst of it, he's written all of these psalms. And um, there's, there's so many of them. I mean, a lot of people just refer to all the psalms as being written by the psalmist because it's hard to know who wrote them. But we have a whole bunch of them, including this one, that are attributed directly to David. And this one, if, if any of them are attributed, could be attributed to David by content, like this one is like pretty much seems like it's from him. Because what I want to say as we're going through it is we see two things here. Now, some people when they read it, they're like, "Oh yeah, God's a shepherd," so this is a, sh- a shepherd psalm. It's even called a shepherd psalm. There's even a book written about it Whoa. Um, about it being just about a shepherd psalm, Whoa. and it just talks about what being a shepherd's like. But if you go all the way to the end. And you look at it and you're like, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I've never seen a a sheep before eat at a table. Uh, You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Sheep don't really drink out of cups. Um, (laughs) Right. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You're like, well, sheep don't really live in houses. So when you look at this sh- at this particular Psalm, there's a cool thing you can see where it's almost like walking through the life of David. So at the beginning, it's the shepherd life. At the end, we see that it's this kingly life, right? So, So some people have looked at this Psalm and said, this is the Psalm of God being our shepherd, but also of God being this like host for us, like this kingly host, like God is welcoming us into his house. He's the king and we're invited into his castle. And so there's sort of like two phases in that. So I guess mm-hmm. let's go back to the beginning, Pat. I just want to get some of your, your thoughts on it. Um, first of all, first one, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Um, I know that's not true in my life, at least that attitude for a lot of it. Um, I don't know about you, but whenever I think about what I lack, the list starts getting like bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger, you know? Yeah. So what about you, Pat? Do you ever think about like things like, oh man, I need, you know, I'm just missing the right size surfboard for the surf today? Or <laughs> I'm or if I only had like the right truck, like everything would be good, or if I only had the right, you know, you name it, then my life would be complete. Are there things in your life that kind of creep in and keep saying like, hey, you lack you lack this or you lack that?
1: Yeah. For me it's mostly the sense of lacking comes in a lot when I'm comparing myself to other people. So for example, Mm. if someone gets a really cool car, you know, my, my friend, when we got our licenses, I got my current truck, an old 1997 Toyota Tacoma. And he got, which is a really cool car, by the way, Patrick, it is really cool. But my friend got a 1997 Mazda Miata. And That car was cool. And it's... (laughs) Okay. I thought it was cool. Remember, I'm 16 years old, and my truck goes 70 miles an hour, and his Mazda can go, like, 120. So... Yeah, and in a car that size, you feel like you're going 240. Yeah, you know, he had it lowered, which is already a small car, and I could almost (laughs) touch the the road from outside, (laughs) out of the window. So...
0: (laughs) With your arm dragging, you could... You could uh, shave down your uh, fingernails just
1: putting your arm out the window. That's great. Just about. So back to what you asked. For me, the lack comes when I start comparing my life and things that I have to other people. And I feel like I went through a a pretty big season where I did that a lot. And Mm. now I haven't done that as much lately. And I... I'm not thinking about it. I never intentionally tried to stop. I think it was part of growing up like a season of my growing up in high school, um, where I went through that because I I don't feel, I don't do the comparison anymore, but I do feel like sometimes my life is lacking a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you bring up a great point is when you're looking at other people and what other people have, um, you know, I, I'm guilty of that too. I'll, when I drive home from work, sometimes I'll look around and I'll I'll count how many cars. I would trade my current car for. Like if someone was like, hey, I'll trade you your car for this. And I try to see how many cars I would say yes to before I find one that I'll say no to. And so in my <laughs> head, I'll, I'll be like, it'll be like 20 cars will go by and like those 20 cars are all better than my car. I would easily trade my car for all those 20. Um, but you're right. You start in your head to think like, well, wait a minute, like, I don't need to be comparing. It's not about comparison. So, um, what's cool? The psalmist here says that the Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing. And it's because the Lord is your shepherd that you lack not nothing. It's not because you already have everything you need. It's because of who God is. It's not because of who you are. Right. And that man, that is, that's such a game changer in our life, right? As soon as we're, as soon as we start to think, man, God is my shepherd. God is the one who's in charge of me. I'm a part of God's family. Um, I I don't need anything else. Everything else is tiny and insignificant compared to that.
1: Right. And you know, things that I lack, the Lord knows and only the Lord can decide like, oh, you're lacking whatever. And he takes care of us. That's how I read verse two, you know, I'm lacking. So he'll make me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, whatever the Lord thinks I'm lacking. Um, he comes in and refreshes for us.
0: Exactly right. And and the thing that I love in this, is, it says he makes me lie down. It's almost like he forces me to lie down in green pastures. He forces me um, to get the things that are good because, you know, normally we look around and we're like, I'm missing all this stuff. These are the things I really need. Um, but when God's in charge and when God is our shepherd, he's the one who actually guides us to the real things we need. And most of the time we don't even know we need them, right? Right. We have no idea what we need. We have no idea what's best for us. Um, God almost has to force us into them. And I don't know how many of you right now are feeling like you're forced into this quarantine thing. You're forced into not being with your friends. You're forced into a situation that just doesn't seem uh, good. It's not what you want. You feel like you're lacking. Um, I I would just encourage everyone out there to say, well, wait a minute. Maybe God is doing something in this, right? Maybe yeah. there's something for me in this. Maybe this is a green pasture and I just don't know it yet. Right. Maybe this is maybe a quiet this, water. Exactly. Maybe this is the quiet water that, that I need. Um, and then, you know, verse three, he refreshes my soul uh, at the end of that last part. And he guides me along right paths for his namesake. Uh, most people I talk to, especially folks who are graduating um, high school or who have big transition in, in their life, one of the things they always are wondering is like, wh- is God actually leading me, right? Yeah. Is God the one who is is pointing me in the right direction? How do I move with God to go in the right direction? Um, how do I know that I'm going in the right direction? And how do we make God a part of that? Process well. Here it just says, when God's your shepherd, He's going to do it, right? He's going to yeah. guide you along the right path, right? And He's not doing it because you're some awesome, amazing person. He's not doing it uh, because, man, you really look cool when you do it. He's doing it. It says for His name'sake, it's for His glory and His honor that He's going to move you in the right paths, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, Pat, verse four. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you do some comments
1: on that. Yeah. Uh, it says. Even though I walk through the darkest Valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Wow. Uh, the first line, the darkest Valley, like we said in a previous devotional, we probably can't comprehend the darkest Valley. I know valleys that I've been in that have been pretty dark, but I know that's probably, you know, other people have gone through darker valleys but to know that Christ is walking, um, with me through that, uh, it gives me the reason to have no fear, um, and have comfort just over a year ago, my grandmother passed away and I was Mm. pretty close to her. And the, the moment that I found out my uncle called me and he told me, and I felt like I was pushed off of a a cliff into a valley. And at the same time, gravity increased by 20%. You know, Hmm. I fell faster than ever. And even in the free fall of the motions, I didn't have to worry about anything because I knew that God was there. And the comforting idea of, you know, my grandmother now was getting to be with God, um, was comforting. And I think that was in that the rod and the staff was just knowing that, you know, God was in the whole thing, the phone call, the passing, everything. Yeah. And I,
0: you know, this verse, some have even said, this is kind of the key verse of the whole thing. Um, even the line in the middle, I will fear no evil. And then it says for you are with me. And that line right there is the one that's kind of the, you know, take home with you. Uh, that's the, that's a line you can put in the bank and it'll stay there forever. Right. God is with you, right. For you are with me. And that makes all the difference in the world. You know, you, I feel like You know, it's always cool to have that one friend who's always with you. Uh, And and when you have a friend who's with you, you feel empowered. Like, and I've always said this about middle school people. Middle school people, I love you. Uh, Some of you guys on your own, if you're just by yourself, you'll sit around and you might do nothing for hours, right? That's just some (laughs) middle school people, not all of them. Yeah. But if you get two middle school people and you put them together, they'll do anything, They'll jump off the highest, craziest stuff. They'll get themselves in so much trouble. There's something empowering about having another person with you. Right. um, That You just get empowered by it. But can you imagine you have God with you? You can do anything, Anything. right? Um, One of my uh, good friends um, from uh, several years ago, a guy worked with, he said that, uh, you know, it's cool that it says that even though I walk through the darkest valley or another translation would be, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, um, God does lead us and guide us. And, and we might walk through some dark valleys, but God never calls us to camp out. That's what he said he has to pay attention to in his life, because sometimes he'll get into that valley of darkness and he'll set up a tent and he'll start like building himself a house to live in that valley. And uh, he was just pointing out that God is, is leading us through the valley. He's not leading us into the valley and camping
1: out there. Um, yeah. So God is going to bring us through. And, and that that's comforting to me. David, I think, understood that Jesus wasn't leading him into the darkest valley. It's that Jesus was leading him through the darkest valley. Yeah. And, to, Man, and it's not a, a destination. It's the thoroughway. It's the road. It's the, the path. And I think David yes. understood that concept.
0: Right. And I think much like our, our current situation now that, um, this is a path that we're in where a lot of people are thinking like, oh, this is, you know, you know, the phrase, the new normal or, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is just how it's going to be. And we're going to, you know, everyone's going to be afraid of germs for the rest of their entire lives and that kind of (laughs) a thing. And I don't, I don't think that, you know, I I see the hope. Right. And I know that you do too, Pat. Um, There's hope for us in um, knowing that God is going to lead us through, um, that God is with us through it all. And that God, you know, it says here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Knowing that God is powerful and comforting and directing, that's huge, man. That is a comfort for us all. Yeah. Um, yeah, this psalm now shifts into this, this language of like a, a kingly host or a, what might be one way to put it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's a weird line, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean when I, when I think of this line I think of like one of those old school kingly tables and it's just filled with food, right? So like in my head there's a turkey on it, right? I don't,
1: well, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. So Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, Thanksgiving but like times 10. Like there's a giant like, you know, roast pig on it with an apple in its mouth and Nice. You know, every kind of food you could want. It's yeah. just totally decked out. There's not even enough room for like your plate. It's just solid food. It sounds like um, the dream. I know. The last couple Thanksgivings, Patrick, uh, you set up a big thing for us at the church where we had a giant table with like, I don't know, 80 seats or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, crazy table. I mean, it's so long, like our biggest meeting hall. We can't even, meet. we had to put it at an angle because it wouldn't fit. Uh, <laughs> just to going corner. full length corner to corner. We used up every you know, inch of that room, fitting in uh, this giant table so that we could um, take a look at, uh, at each other and take a look at all this food that we had up. And I think kind of, a, of like that, right? Like something that's just full abundance. So you prepare a table before me, but you're doing it in the presence of my enemies. Now that's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know about you but like I would not invite or I would not set up a table or a feast in front of like the enemies like that to me they'd be like oh wait you know the enemies are around we need to like hide all of our food we need to hide of our wealth or we need to defeat the enemies and then deal with it yeah, yeah. God's not waiting to do that right mm-hmm. God is in, even in the midst of our battles God is setting up goodness which is like kind of a crazy idea yeah um, the next thing he does in verse 5 you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows now David is someone who had been anointed twice in his life um, which is kind of crazy because it shows that he's blessed it shows that he's anointed as Israel's king uh, he's been anointed into this ministry in this calling mm-hmm. um, God is kind of confirmed in him. Uh, what his role is in his life. God has shown him that like, you're, you're the king. You're, you're the guy for us yeah. for this time. And his cup overflows. Um, that's a great sign of, you know, there's prosperity and there's wealth and there's joy and there's kind of a festive spirit going on here, which is all a uh, pretty cool deal. So, Pat, why don't you uh,
1: read the last verse for us and, and give us some of your thoughts? Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This that verse just wraps up the whole, the whole passage for me. Like, um, in when times are good, it's because of God. When times are bad, it's God leading me through something. When I am challenged by enemies, God's there serving my enemies, and it's a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like spiritual warfare. That's what's going on. Um, but you know, Jesus is saying like, I am, I am your shepherd and I'm going to lead you and you are going to have a life, um, in the house, in my house. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I think about this too, like the things that are going to follow me all the days of my life, like what follows me? And I think about, like, when I'm walking around, what follows me? Is there, like, a spirit of love that follows me, or is it discouragement, or is it cynicism, or is it... You know, so if you think about a legacy that you're leaving, David here's writing, he's like, surely God's goodness and God's love are going to follow me all the days of my life, which is so cool. Just to think that God's blessing is, is going through him out to others. And he's not taking credit for it either. It's your goodness and love that will follow all the days of his life. And then lastly, the part, man, that's so cool. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To me, this is just straight up him looking to eternal life, living in God's house. Now in his time, God's house, uh, typically would mean that the the tabernacle and then the temple. And the temple wasn't built. He wanted to build the temple really bad. And he even asked God, like, can I build the temple? And God's like, no, you're too much of a warrior. You know, there's too much blood on your hands. Um, So I'm going to let your son do it. So Solomon built this amazing temple, which was the house of the Lord. But at this point, the house of the Lord was like kind of more like a temporary tent set up that they had going. And so um, he says here, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that doesn't mean that David's going to live in the tabernacle forever. It it must mean something else, right? It must mean he's going to be with God in God's house and that that is going to last forever. Now, Jesus later on in John chapter 14 says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Yeah, um, which is just a beautiful thing for us to to know and to see um, that Jesus tells us, and he tells his disciples that, hey, don't worry, it's all good. You're gonna get to be with me forever. Yeah um, This verse starts as us being little sheep um, <laughs> who don't lack for anything, right? When God's with us, we don't lack for anything, and it ends with us living in a castle with God forever. Pretty amazing in six verses. All right, friends. Again, if you have any questions, if you want someone to pray for you, even um, Patrick or myself, you can email me at jamie j a m i e at solana press dot or you can email Patrick at solana press And we're looking forward to having you all on the podcast and checking out uh, what's going on with One Amazing Life podcast, as well as our One Youth Live program. And uh, I hope you all have a great day, a blessed day, and we'll talk to you soon.